gather round friends new and old and welcome to the Roast and Toast podcast. We are your hosts, David, Jenny, and Philip. He's back. Almost forgot about yourself there. Almost did. Almost did. Hello, you two. You two beautiful souls. How are you? Doing good. Welcome back, Phil. Feeling How are beautiful. things with you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Now, guys, I, uh, I'm going to do something I hardly ever do, and I'm going to make this about myself. Guys, if you don't mind, <laughs> the last... The last couple episodes I've missed, I have listened to, I have enjoyed, I have enjoyed as a as a listener, and I've got a few notes for the uh, episodes I missed. If you will humor me, if you oh. will, oh, I you love, shall be I humored. Love. Go on, yes, please. Oh, Incest in Budapest, yeah, oh, no, yeah. no, no, not criticisms. True, truly, just notes. Incest okay. in Budapest, Yegor amazing asked, title. Yes, I agree. I would agree. Uh, I would have been pro this title. Yegor asked, would you rather be smartest or dumbest person in the world? Guys, that, one, a brilliant question. Two, uh, the answer was dumbest. Anybody who wants to be the smartest is limiting the entire world. And plus, I feel like I'm already pretty smart. So if I'm the dumbest, we're benefiting humanity. Isn't that as what a, I said? I'm pretty that sure is, that's exactly what I said. That is exactly what you said. So I was just, okay, it was cool. more. So you're okay. like... Good choice. Yes, good choice. Uh, Demeter, hardly newer. David Sampson doesn't feel emotions when watching any form of entertainment. Uh, If you ever watch him, as I watched uh, the the last voyage of the Demeter with him, this is a man who watches with his fingers interlocked and the two pointer fingers pointed up towards and possibly even going into the nose while he watches the entire film. So the fact that I found out anything that he enjoyed or did not enjoy about this film was truly a a revelation to me but you know what also is funny and not a revelation to me was that his entire review i had no idea that he was going to be on this podcast so he asked me hey phil what did you think of this film afterwards and so we had a nice little discussion i gotta tell you gotta tell you there were a lot of similar criticisms and a lot of similar points that i made to him in the conversation afterwards that re-emerged in the episode so if you missed me that week you didn't really miss me next one oh, that's funny <laughs> <laughs> the problem with uh, the prosciutto problem danny devito's got crabs is a tagline so good that a movie needs to be made about that, regardless of the content. It, it can be about the, the the story that we did. It can be whatever. But Danny DeVito's got crabs. That alone is worth the, the price of admission. I don't care what the rest of the movie's about. Excellent job, you two. Excellent job. Excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank All right, you very yeah, much, I'm Phil. glad it wasn't criticism. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Well, I think this was kind of my choice for a movie to review this mm-hmm. week. Uh, it recently came out. The third installment in the uh, series of movies, uh, Hercule Poirot Solves a Murder. Hercule um, Poirot. 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 <laughs> you got to say it with the most Hercule. pomp and circumstance. I did not fight the something, something. Uh, no, just Hercule. Hercule. Yeah, so this one is the third installment. He's He's been on a train, he's been on a boat, <laughs> and now he's in a house. Yeah. He's relegated to just normal housing conditions <laughs> in, in Venice. Uh, the, of course, the movie that we are, we are watching, in case you have not uh, 
surmised by now. A Haunting in Venice, of course, adapted by the Agatha Christie novel Halloween Party, Kenneth mm-hmm. Branagh's baby uh, that he's certainly nursed from infancy, and now three movies in. We Will we get another? Who knows? But... David, as with all movie reviews, we start off with you. Please give the people what they want to hear and give us a short little David summary of what the film entails. Oh, yeah. We rejoin our familiar hero, Hercule Poirot, as he enjoys his Venetian retirement. Despite the barrage of desperate people trying to convince Poirot to solve their case... He has finally moved on, or at least until an old friend drops by with an irresistible prospect. Hercule reluctantly gets dragged along to try and disprove a psychic, or else embrace the supernatural. Inevitably, when Hercule Poirot finds himself in a small group of desperate people in a mostly enclosed space, murder is just around the corner. Can Hercule Poirot do it again? We'll see. I think it's impossible <laughs> to say the name like without Hercule having watched. Poirot? Yeah. You can't say no. Hercule Poirot, no. Yeah, no. Hercule Poirot. Again, yeah, put as that much of a, the pinky, a murder. Yeah, put your tongue out akin to a pinky out as much as you can while, while you know, just making sure to say his name. Uh, excellent. While twitching a mustache. While twitching. Yes, all the way out as it grows and grows and grows. Uh, I am curious, before we begin, first of all, congrats. Very good job, David. Very good. Uh, Moving forward, uh, are we all of the same varying movies where all three of us have seen all three of the Agatha Christie films? We, of course I have. Jenny, have you seen- No, I have not. I am behind on the times. Okay. Have you seen, did you see either Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile, or are you only missing one, or- Mm, missing both, Monsieur. M- missing both. Okay, no, that's actually a fascinating, that is an uh, interesting perspective. Yes, yeah. yes, I would agree. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting because I am somewhere in the middle. Where David, I assume you've seen these as they came out, or did I you saw them as they came out? Yeah, okay, I was very so excited you... at each one. Okay, and I, in order to catch up to the third one, watched uh, and binged the both the prior two, and then watched the third one. So we kind of got all three perspectives on this. Now let's get to the actual film itself. Jenny, let's start out with you. What was your favorite thing about this film, if you will? My favorite thing of this film was the cinematography. Oh my God, the cinematographer. Please tell me he has won awards. Please tell me he's gotten at least some recognition or medal for his camera work because I was enjoying every single angle and every every level of zoom on each thing this person was doing. I think the cinematographer's name is Harris Zembarlukos. I'm, I think I'm totally butchering the name, but that man, every, I was so tickled by all the things he was doing and including noticing certain plot things that were being slowly revealed to us because of his work. He became, he was just a presence alone. Thank you so much, Harris. That was so entertaining. You know, until you know, he has not won any major awards, as far as I can tell. What? Criminal. It wasn't until you noted it, Jenny about his presence, but I would I would agree. I think it blended well a uh, whodunit fill with a horror cinematography aspect. Like yeah. I think both both actually are are definitely similar. touched on both. Yeah, but uh, but they were both existent. Uh David, 
Your your favorite my, thing about uh, we're 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 getting technical here, and I like that. My best thing about this film is the production design. Yes, because that I too. Wouldn't, I would like as much as I think the acting was good. I as much as I think the writing was good. I like the overall plot. the The production design really made this movie. It gave it its character. It it uh, it helped with that horror feel to the. You know, this is a a murder movie that came out near Halloween, near enough Halloween, a month and a half, whatever. And kissing Halloween from afar, blowing it. A yeah, kiss. blowing a kiss to Halloween. But it certainly set us uh, on the on the track towards Halloween. And I think the production design was a huge part of that. It's spooky, eerie, kind of creepy at times. And I absolutely loved it. That the scene set in Venice is is just so uh, so perfect for this movie. So I think that was the best thing about this movie. Philip, tell us what you loved most about the movie. I loved the ending. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I sincerely, the ultimate ending of this film is helping out uh, and, and kind of reviving and getting back from his retirement and helping somebody that we saw earlier. It was so logical in ending that it just it the fact that it, it went back to that was was reassuring. I was like that that needs to be a sometimes payoff there. The, yeah, sometimes the 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 obvious or logical ending has to be the ending because otherwise you're just doing the story a disservice. Exactly, and and I thought it was it was done in a in a true to character form of I'm not going to outwardly tell you I'm going to be pompous and, and and allow you the the person asking for help uh, to come to me and of course and likewise in turn of doing that I will also remember every single detail you told me that was at the absolute beginning yeah, of this he, film <laughs> and he doesn't pull he doesn't well to be fair that was like the day or two before oh sure it sure. hasn't been that long but he didn't pull his punches either he's like yeah your 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 parents are pro- probably dead uh, something something it's pretty brutal yes pretty or it's like yeah your brother's probably next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and, and you're not too far behind there either did yeah. you want to have a seat <laughs> yeah it was um it was good it was a, it, good it was a it was a very good ending sincerely i guess that goes to you david what sure. what, what was something My that maybe needed thing, a little more bacon or or worse thing worst thing, thing worst thing about worst. this movie worst thing about this movie was that there was only one killer i oh. i didn't love Okay, Jenny, do you I, are you gonna mind that I spoil the first two movies for you? Oh, by the way, no, we should mention if you listen to the rest of this of this episode, especially because it's a whodunit, it's probably gonna be rife with with spoilers. So yeah. so proceed with caution. But go we watch will... the movie, come back. Yeah, yes, yes. Like, we've already spoiled some things for you. We have. It's true. And so in the first movie, there are several killers. I thought that was like okay. I didn't love that. I want. I kind of wanted it to be one bad guy, but but it the first movie worked really well. Second movie there were a couple killers, and that worked really well in that story. Although the second movie wasn't as good, especially production design wise. The third movie there's only one killer. There's only one killer, and I I there were multiple murders. So I wanted there to be multiple things going on, but really it was just one person killing and then killing to cover their ass and then killing again to cover their ass and i was like well that's just kind of the obvious thing i kind of wanted there to be multiple things at play and that that disappointed me when i found out it was all one all one person technically there is a claim to be made that there were two killers and that one character killed themselves but through the influence of one 
two glow killers? Yeah. I guess. I yeah, don't know. Self, Self-inflicted wounds yeah. would, would be considered. I don't, that doesn't yeah. count. To kill oneself is a, is a, I don't know. Anyways, regardless. That's interesting. Well, there, That's interesting. Uh, murder by accident and murder on purpose would definitely count. That is true. Yes, definitely. Um, my worst thing about this <laughs> this film is that I didn't. I really. I I just really did not like the the way that when the murderer was exposed and they met their demise. I really didn't like that. I get it. it it's it's within the theme of the whole film of supernatural, and it and it really. It. it I think until then it blended a a brilliant way at least on the surface of a scooby-doo mystery where it seems supernatural but there are reasons to to explore and even in the right, explanation right. of everything i thought that it did a, a, a very justifiable service but yeah, you go so I, like far- there, there there are moments where there's it's there are supernatural elements and then it flips back where you realize this is why it seems supernatural and this is there were drugs involved or there was yeah. Uh, some what do you what you call it like science magnet magnets yeah, and magnets and whatever now, is involved now to be to be fair I think that even with the that explanation I think that there are still some unanswered questions that you lead the film with that you just the, honestly you can just assume that it's that there's an explanation for but at the time upon we discover who killed who was the murderer who was who was who done it the person then immediately dies. And it's very heavily leaned into that it was it, that it be that they meet their demise through supernatural means exclusively. Now, mm-hmm. I, I had it been something yeah. of taken over the edge or or something else. I, well, that's I thought how I, I that's how I interpret it. I, I I interpreted it as she was she was tormented. Hmm. I, I, I suppose. I just, I didn't like the way that, as much as I liked the ending, the actual ending, I didn't like that ending to, to the entire case. And, mm. and I, as, a, as a, like a, a worthy note here, and it's kind of like on par for the rest of the series, I didn't like how, I, I just really wanted more. This is more of like a, a love for Michelle Yeoh. I wanted more Michelle Yeoh. Yes, <laughs> so same. I, so I'm, I'm, I'm sad that she, she met her demise early in, especially doing a, a fantastic job. I thought that she was the standout of, the, of this film. Uh, Jenny, what was the worst thing for you? This is a very specific thing, a very small, minor thing. Mm. Nobody ever again, please do, please avoid doing jump scares that involve bees exploding from skulls just please don't do don't do it again for for my heart i just <laughs> I don't you, want you that were ever again please <laughs> thank you your That's, insides were buzzing with with uh, fear from that one oh oh yes phil i i saw the bees come flying out the skull and i went ah in the, in the theater and i don't usually make sound when i experience a jump scare so uh, I just wish I had known a little at a time that there was going to be bees involved in the movie at some point. It, but that's that's a very specific thing for me. Just, just yeah, we've unlocked preference. a new yeah, we've unlocked a new Jenny fear here, David. I didn't know this. Know, Jenny, yeah. Jenny is a very surprising one too. It's it's yeah. I've never, never talked uh, about this on the podcast ever. Not, no, not to my knowledge. Are no. you allergic to bees? No, I just have a very very irrational fear. Does it does it go so far as that you don't eat honey at all? Oh no 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 no! Honey is still an active part of my diet. But okay, okay. <laughs> but bees, just the process is is distasteful. Just, it's the stinger thing. I've had 
bad experiences with with like needles growing up in hospitals and things so anything involving flying around with stingers and such i'm like just please back away from me please so big carpenter bees uh little honeybees scorpions anything of that nature just don't want those anywhere near me please and thank you you're like i i have a deathly fear of bears but look how good i look in their fur (laughs) (laughs) oh the finest scorpion around my necklace but not a real one not an alive one thank you nicely dead (laughs) all right philip half baked half baked honestly the bodyguard in in this film made by association Poirot the most unlikable he's ever been in any of these films Really? Now, Poirot as a person, he he has fun quirks, or sorry, he has fun quirks. But as a person, the fact that we went so far as to the bodyguard, just without warrant or or knowledge, just like knocks the guy off the bridge, and is like, if you ever come near him again, I'm gonna break your arm. Did we like it? Just it was too much in the beginning to to really enforce what should just be like a hey, stay away. And then we go so far as to just, without warning, knock a guy off the bridge. Like I, yeah, I, that, that I was really didn't. It yeah, was jarring I re- in the beginning. Like it, the ending almost doesn't even fully redeem uh, per Her- Hercule's uh, moment from the beginning. Yes, towards the beginning, especially when it's people seeking him for help and, right. and something that he can do. Yeah. For for what? For him to maintain his his retirement of of clipping cucumbers like what like what is the point of it like it just didn't seem warranted in the slides like it made him feel heartless far more than i think it it should have it no longer made it a fun little like oh he's just so specific it just was like oh he just doesn't care about anything else other than himself in a harsh harsh manner so i I think i would have dialed back on that and it it didn't even come across as funny so i thought it was half-baked um jenny what would you say was half-baked about this I'm not sure. What do you guys think? Did you find at any point? Did you start to feel like Tina Fey's character was becoming annoying? And, and at any point, I would say, <laughs> yeah, well, pretty I, fun. I, I will say this is it was fun to see Tina Fey. It's something that she doesn't yes. usually play. Uh, yes. I think she yeah. did really well with what she was given. Um, I thought she did. I see. We I disagree. Thought the, I thought the writing of the character itself was kind of annoying. The fact that. The fact that she clung on to like, no, it must be real, after it clearly wasn't, was dumb. Inauthentic? Yeah, inauthentic. Because she paints herself as a true skeptic from the get-go of the film, once we were first introduced to her character. And then, all of a sudden, she's desperately clinging on to this This one could be real, you know? Right. Uh, the, the, the talk, referring to the psychic, uh, the psychic woman played by Michelle Yeoh. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought that she also was very. She leaned into this whole persona, you see, you know, where uh, here's the here's the scoop, Fruit Loop, you know, and you're just going to be going around like this, and and yeah. we're just going to be doing this. Oh, Poirot, it must be true because you you're the smartest person I ever know. There, here, say, and it 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 was very one note. The note was annoying, so therefore, when I only get to hear the one thing, I'm just I'm out. This has nothing to I would have been inclined. I was excited to see Tina Fey in this. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with her personally, nothing to do with her past performances. I just, you're right, Jenny. This was, it was half-baked. I thought we could have gone a different direction rather than be a caricature within a film yeah. that, that didn't I, just need it. It never made me feel like she was ever possibly guilty, honestly, too. And I would have been disappointed had she been. So I think it does a disservice to the film as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David, you did you have anything half-baked here? 
Yeah, I didn't buy that the kid was somehow smarter than his dad at actual medicine. Like, I get it, he reads a lot of books, but all of a sudden, the doctor doesn't pick up on something, but the kid's like, meh. First of all, he's reading his uh, his dad's notes and going, "Well, this was clearly poison." Yeah, it was. It was sort of. It was sort of explained like, well, the dad was kind of too, you know, too had too much of a personal relationship with his patient to truly see what was actually going Down on. In the dumps. Okay, and then the kid figures it out. I mean, he has no medical training. I don't know. I I didn't hate it, but I didn't really. I didn't really respect that choice i think it gave credence to a character that otherwise why is he really there i mean i guess if you, you were going kid? to the kid yeah because re- realistically i i guess the only explanation of how he could and in, in your entire you know lineup of who could have done it if it ever becomes the kid like what even if you follow that out to a possible conclusion it has to have been by accident so maybe there but i mean the kid was annoying honestly again for me i guess now that we've all also, done our half baked oh continue I mean, the kid didn't go to his dad with the information he That's wrote true. a like a, a threatening letter it just doesn't really so you're really... with me, David. Kid caused his dad's death. Kid caused his dad's death. I mean, yeah. He, <laughs> he's clearly smart enough to figure out like medicine, but not smart enough to realize that that's putting him or his dad into a very dangerous position. How many people could have had that information? Literally only the doctor could have figured that out. So of course the woman's going to think it's the dad. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it was this anonymous letter. I mean, please. <laughs> Half baked as f- <laughs> as a, as an overall film because now we kind of get into the would you see it again would you recommend it it's Can a I no for say, me yeah I I I convinced myself even more through that half baked thing like I I, I started out as like it was kind of half baked and now I'm like hell no that's super <laughs> half baked all right sorry, continue. <laughs> it's mushy it's so half baked uh, I'm so in in terms Cookie of dough. is that raw egg. <laughs> in terms of recommending to another person, in terms of would I watch it again, it's a hell no to me for both of those. Oh, really? Look, yeah, I, I, I can't. I, it, it's better than Death by the Nile. So save yourself a viewing there, Jenny. If ever you have the oh, inkling okay. to go back, yeah, save. Yeah, don't don't do that. Uh, but but I, I it, it's it's boring at best, and then annoying at worst. In both Tina Fey's performance, the kids' performance is rather annoying as well. It's delightful while Michelle Yeoh's there because she brings an, an, a spark and an intrigue that is otherwise there. And then once she dies, the, the rest of it goes back into we're, we're facing caricatures of the depressed doctor who's, who's kind of underused here. We've got the, the, the somewhat spurned lover who didn't really offer much more than just I'm kind of supposed to be the fake person who did it, but it obviously didn't. Uh, Perot <laughs> is intriguing on his own, but again, still a bit of a butt and, and doesn't offer me intrigue. And honestly, the rest, like even, even the, the, the mom who's, who's there, she's all right. She's all right. Just, just really whiny. Honestly, like I, I just, again, at, at overall, like, this like, is going to okay, be, a- you murdered your daughter. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> truly, truly. Again, she's by- really upset about it. <laughs> she's truly upset. Gosh, I will forget really about this film. That. I will forget about this film in a month. And I will be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was the boring film that I kind of sat through. It's, it's unspeakably boring. 
uh, for a film that I should be gripped wow. by by interesting. Yeah. David, it sounds like you have opposite feelings on this. Opposite? No, I have rewatched. Uh, okay, I've rewatched Death on the Nile only because I was showing it to Nicole, who hadn't seen it, and we were going to Nicole, go to, your girlfriend. Uh, yes, uh, Haunting in Venice together, so we had to catch her up. Uh, I've rewatched Murder on the Orient Express. I think, including this recent time with Nicole, twice at least. I think. So I rewatched that, which I thought was good. Yeah. I rewatched yeah. Death on the Nile, which I didn't think was as good, but I still thought was all right. It's all right. Um, this is better than Death on the Nile by a long way, I think. So, so I'm going to say that I would rewatch this. The thing with whodunits, though, is that they really have to have a special amount of character in order to be rewatchable, because the appeal is that you don't know who's done it. That's why I love Knives Out, because as much as yes, I know who did it. I can rewatch it because it's so much fun and the characters are so rich and, and the, it's just an awesome film. So that one, I, I can, and you're saying I that this film had rich characters. No, I'm saying it didn't. Yeah. So then why are you rewatching it? I'm saying I, you want to watch Tina Fey? Go back to the no, school. I, yeah. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be in a rush to rewatch this. I'm saying I could, if it came up and it's like, well, let's watch it. Sure. You know, but I, I would recommend it to people who haven't seen it. No, I would. If you no. like a whodunit, go go watch it. It's fun. No. Absolutely, it's not. It's, it's not fun. How it, dare you? Sir? I did not think it was boring. I did nope. not think it was boring at all. Oh wow, the most entertaining it's a aspect. Hell of a lot better than Death on the Nile. So, the most entertaining aspect of it to me is is thinking of Jenny being scared and spooked silly of bees coming out of the skull. <laughs> that is the most entertaining aspect that I I think back on it now, <laughs> Jenny. With all the crap movies that you've given the thumbs up to, Phil, you can give me this. All right. Jenny, uh, did you like this crap movie or did you not? Oh, my God. The passion (laughs) with Philip today on how he feels with this movie, I I must say, is quite funny. However, as a first-time viewer who has never seen Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I had a really good time. It especially appealed to me because it was in a spooky environment. So all the horror aspects they wove into this movie really tickled me. Uh, minus the the bee the bee thing. Um, You're right. Not again. Not knowing what the the structure of these movies are before this one arrived on our screens. I I thought that there was some pretty good development to the characters. Could there have been more? Yeah, sure. Cause I feel like because of that, it affected certain roles like Michelle Yeoh, for example, but I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I could recommend this one to everyone, but I, I honestly want to wait to even say I could recommend it until I see the other two. And then I'll have a true you know, judgment. I mean, I think, you, I think you'll like murder on the Orient express, but okay. uh, death on the Nile. Meh. Well, here's uh, what's funny, though, is that Jenny has never seen the first two. And because of that, I would say that one fascinating thing is that she missed the character of Book, which I think that this film sorely misses. I like Book as a as to to which, again, Jenny, you don't know. But this is the 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 character of Book is the placeholder that Tina Fey serves for in this film. Just like a confidant, somebody that somebody that uh, Poirot. Uh, bounces ideas off new beforehand he, he in the first movie he's the um he he starts out as the uh what you call it, the conductor of the train oh yes. okay so, and and yeah. 
And so we won't go any further because I don't want to spoil everything. Ex- for you. Exactly, no spoilers, but please. I, but it's a confidant for Poirot that that I think was was very played excellently by by its by its actor and was very an interesting character that he he does not return in this film obviously. But and Tina Fey takes that role, but because Tina Fey you don't care for her character nearly as much as book did. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's another reason why this film just, just falls flat on its face. So yeah, dislikable character uh, by the end of this film. I just didn't like this film, but Hey, if you like boring whodunits, this film <laughs> is for you. Yes, I do. Right. Phil. I like boring yeah. whodunits with horror. Jenny, Jenny, let's move on with some, uh, with some fun facts. Okay. Okay. Moving on, moving on. Time for Jenny's trivia. Ooh, ooh. So, <laughs> that is my intro now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, as we've already talked about, this is based on Agatha, Dame Agatha Christie's 1969 Damn. novel, Halloween Party. Damn, Agatha Christie. There has only- <laughs> the, this book only has one previous film adaptation because it's a lesser known work in Agatha Christie's yeah. collection. Um, this was a fe- there was a feature length film that was released in 2011 that was titled Halloween Party and it started Ooh. David Suchet as Poirot and it was released on ITV Studios and WGBH. So there's only two interpretations of this I would love to see more in the future. Fingers crossed. All right, on to the next one. In the United no. States, uh, well, Phil doesn't want it, but I would certainly love one. In the United States, Haunting in Venice released hours before the holiday, Rosh Hashanah. The movie prominently features apples and honey, which are both symbolic foods meant to evoke a sweet new year for observers. So it was a random coincidence that this movie featured these important symbolic foods for the holiday. Was it random and a coincidence? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? There is order to everything around us. (laughs) <laughs> the end credits Hercule, is <laughs> that you? <laughs> I've been bobbing, boobing for apples all night Have you been boobing for a lot longer than that? <laughs> oh boy <laughs> So the on to the next one uh, The end credits for this movie list Did you guys notice how they didn't have it in order of importance? They had the list no. of the actors in the film as, in alphabetical order that. Oh, I did not. No, I was too bored from the earlier film to remember that. Why <laughs> why, why was that, Jenny? Well, it was just something unique that happened with this movie. Usually you see movies in order of how many times someone shows up on the screen or by their importance. Right. But this time, everyone was important. So they just listed them by hmm. the first letter of their first name. Well, well, that's possible when there's not that many characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And finally, doc, uh, not Dr. G's Lord. Nope, that's not right. Director Kenneth Brett <laughs> worked to create the movie's jump scares with the technical department. And he actually liked to not tell the cast about what was going to happen while they were filming. So the cast mm. would walk in blind on during shoots and have no idea what was going to happen. Uh, the majority of the scares that you or the fear reactions that you see by the cast were genuine. That sounds like a Kenneth Branagh thing. Yeah, to that do. doesn't sound like something I would enjoy as an actor. No, no, that's like too that. far too method. Far too yeah, method. No. Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you very much, thank you, Jenny. And I would like to end this with a little quote of mine that I recorded. Oh. The only thing I know is that we cannot hide from our ghosts, whether they are real or not. We must make peace with them. Boom. 
Well, as you can tell by that intro, our mini segment is our blanks game. So I have created a story for you guys. Uh, what I need from you, first of all, is a noun. Jenny, give me the first one. B. Oh, yes. A B. Philip, from you, I need a, a famous person. <laughs> Let's go with Gal Gadot. <laughs> Next up, I need an adjective. Jenny? Purple. Give me another adjective. I don't like that one. You think sticky, Jenny? Oh, yeah. Does sticky work? Sticky, oh, yeah. sticky. Got it. Next up, I need a body part, Philip. What about... Can I, let me know if it's too specific, but can we go the pointer toe? The pointer toe? Yeah, like the like the the longest one, you big know, toe. like right next to the big toe. No, not the big toe, but the pointer oh. toe, like the one right to the right of it. Oh, I see. Okay, yes, the pointer toe. Pointer toe. toe. Yeah, always Got points it. you in the right direction. It does. Uh, Jenny, a noun, please. Cranberry. 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 Got it. And lastly, a verb ending in ing. Quivering. Got it. All right. Here we go. Oh, all right. Timmy was late to class one day because he couldn't find his B. Not only that, but the bus was late because Gal Gadot was on it and everyone wanted a photo. That that tracks. (laughs) He (laughs) He arrived at school and opened his locker. Out fell a sticky sock. Oh, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hubert is back at his lame pranks again. Timmy remembered last time when Hubert had put a plastic pointer toe in Timmy's cranberry. No. With no, oh my no more inconveniences. <laughs> Timmy finally arrived at sex education class where he was so excited to learn about quivering. No. <laughs> Hubert's a naughty, naughty little boy. <laughs> Hubert's disgusting. Yeah, right, truly. right in the cranberry. Detention right. for you, Hubert. Yeah, detention's not enough. That boy needs some therapy. Will we ever get to know why Gal Gadot was on the bus? We will never know. In that particular story, that is the so le- lucky. Yeah, that is the uh, the least like I need more explanation on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> It is time to bring this episode to a close, but not before we give out a few thank yous to those who really, really deserve it. Yeah, thank you to Cass and Crossland and Jake Corlang for the music that you hear on this show. Thanks to Ryan Ardell, Josh Hans, for a lot of the audio bits you hear throughout the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks to Rudy Chalk for his wonderful graphic work that you get to see on all our social media. And thank you, yes, you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, make sure that you go to our Instagram and realistically anywhere that we have socials right now, uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere that you want to ingest us and have us uh, be a part of your life, we are there. Of course, if you want to listen to the podcast, any of our episodes, any of our old episodes, they're timeless. Trust me. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to all your favorite podcasts, except for Pandora. Why? Because screw you, Pandora. There are claw marks on the wall. There is honey spilt all over the floor. And a tuft of hair, just over here. It is clearly the bear who did it. 